All right. Big win for Lee Johnson and Cody together here on, on Dynamite. Wow. Hey, hey. I know. I know this audience waited a long time for this show. We don't need to wait. Why don't we get him out here right now? Why doesn't Malachi Black come out here right now? Put on his face. Cody, stop talking. Stop talking. July the 7th, Malachi Black came into our life. He has systematically destroyed every one of us. He used me to get to you, but it's your fight. The first time he totally destroyed you, you start taking your boot off. What's that all about? We didn't talk about that. You come back for number two. I got this. You finally get him hurt. What do you do? You roll out of the ring to see about me. To hell with me. It doesn't matter. It's not about me. You should have finished that fight. Here's some differences, though, Cody, that's going to prevent you from going one inch any further. Malachi Black is an assassin. He's a predator. He will do anything in the world to win a match and destroy the man that he's in there with. Ask Lee. Ask Brock. And just the fact is, I would step in and take the fight, but I'm just too damn old. But I'll tell you what, there's two big differences between you and I, Cody. You pull up to a red light, a man jerks your door open, says, out of the car, I'm taking your car. You say, okay, take it. Just don't hurt me. Wow. You know what I do? I pull out the Glock, put it on his forehead, and spill his brains all over the concrete. I'm Arn Anderson, and all that that implies, and I'll be damned if I'm gonna coach a loser. Come on with me, Lee. At least you listen to me. Wow. Wow. Hi, drama here, fellas. Very strong words. Arn Anderson. Them back. Excalibur, JR, I believe that Arn Anderson has bodies in his past, but I don't believe he used a gun to tally those bodies. Well, we have to take a break and collect ourselves. We'll be right back. Wow. up everybody welcome to the show welcome to the monday show first no i guess second well 
the match of the month is always technically the first show of the month. I'm doing air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. But uh, this is really the first official show of the month. It's your Monday show. We're talking draft. We're talking New Day split. We're talking AEW putting on dream matches at the beginning of their shows, which is is fantastic. We're talking a lot of great stuff here. Let's get right into it. And program alert, I keep changing the Wednesday show because things keep happening, whether it's wrong dates I'm seeing or whatever. But after I recorded uh, last Wednesday show, because I recorded that on Tuesday night of last week, it's funny. It's so funny because... um. <laughs> I had been seeing like the date October 15th for Venom. I was like, no, Venom comes out early. I thought they pushed it up two weeks, blah, blah, blah. And so I very rarely go to the movies to see anything outside of Marvel movies or stuff like that. But I knew I wanted to see the, the last James Bond because it looks kind of epic, actually. I know that's what the point of the trailer is. Don't at me. However, this one just looks like it's going to give Daniel Craig the boom, the, the Bond treatment on the way out the door, right? So I was like, I thought it came up before. Anyways, the only reason, I think I said this on the episode with Nico, the only reason I was interested in seeing it is because this is Carnage's live-action debut. I had no interest in watching that movie otherwise. I'm, I'm going to record a review after this. But, um, yeah. I, I didn't, I, then next thing you know, I'll go to this comic book shop to buy something. And I'm like, I see it on the, their, their window October 1st. Like, I knew it was coming out. So this is after I recorded the show and everything. I was, okay. So I know I said I was going to do Titans, but I held off on wa- even watching the new Titans because, episode 10, because I knew I was going to watch Venom. And I have already seen Venom. I'm going to record it. I'm, I'm actually going to do these back-to-back, my Monday and Wednesday shows. Um, but, yeah, this Wednesday will be the review of Venom. Um, honestly, there's not much to talk about. It's going to be a short episode, but we will talk about that. We will talk about that post credit scene that, boom, changes the game for us. But this is the money show. This is pro wrestling talk. I know you guys, you guys are, you guys are like AEW and WWE fans. If I talk about comic books on Monday, you guys hate it. Let's talk about wrestling on Wednesdays. You guys hate it. You guys are in this like, oh, you guys are enjoying the same show with this weird warfare. Um, but I love it. I appreciate you guys listening. Let's get right into it. Um, uh, let's talk about the draft first. Yeah, let's, uh, well, I'm thinking here. I guess it's all kind of one of the same. We'll talk about Raw first. So, supposedly, reportedly, Alexa Bliss is taking time off for some nasal surgery. Um, so, that is my explain why she lost the way she did. Uh, Raw, the Hurt Business looks like they're back together officially. Big E was defending the WWE Championship. All of a sudden, now the crowd comes Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin with Hurt Business t-shirts. He looks around. And just as Bobby Lashley is about to win the WWE Championship, or it looks like that, the New Day come out to, to stop the party and defend Big E. Then we end up getting a steel cage match for the WWE Championship, which is Big E versus Bobby Lashley. The one thing I love that they said on commentary during the steel cage match was how the uh, the big ending was like Lashley's kryptonite. I love it because it's so true because he's never kicked out of it. But I just love how they made the importance of... Um, 
that finishing move and how that is has been Lashley's weakness. I loved it. Big E ended up hitting a super big ending off the, the ropes in the steel cage to retain his WWE championship. Goldberg did end up making a challenge and saying Bobby Lashley's next. So obviously the car for Saudi Arabia is coming into play. And this is and so, the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view is the only pay-per-view happening in October. Usually we get two. Thank God we're not getting a hell in a cell. Knock on my head for wood so I don't jinx us. But it's clear what they're going for. They're going for Edge Rollins. We know they're getting we're, we're getting Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. We know we're getting Goldberg and um, uh, Big E. Uh, excuse me, Bobby Lashley. So we, we we pretty much know the matches we're getting. This one concerns me the most because Lashley's lost three matches in the row by pinfall. He was pinned by Roman Reigns in that triple threat match. He was pinned for his WWE Championship, and he was just pinned. Again. As a matter of fact, four times because wasn't he pinned? In that six man, yes, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he would because he tagged himself in. So that's four losses in a row to the big ending. Steel cage matches past Monday, the six man tag at the pay per view, the WWE Championship, and the triple threat match. He cannot lose five in a row, especially five in a row to Goldberg. They already did everything they could to protect Goldberg at SummerSlam. This needs to be. Bobby Lashley putting him in the hurt lock and him passing out and him just showing his dominance. Um, and her business needs to be there to help. So, not even help, but you get what I'm saying. Lashley should not be losing five matches in a row, especially one to one thing's to Big E. It's another thing to Goldberg. Absolutely not. So they need to, need to have man up and not worry about these part-timers. Anyways. Um, Shayna Baszler, her second week in a row, getting back to killer Shayna Baszler. She takes out Eva Marie, which I'm sure the internet just rejoiced and creamed all over themselves. Um, supposedly, Eva Marie was backstage or a SmackDown during the draft and selling the injury. She was on a sling, apparently. But Nia Jax is going to be off TV for reportedly a longer amount of time, which I know some people are really happy about. Um, but those were the basic notes from Raw. We're going to go right into freaking SmackDown because... We'll get to AEW last because this to me is the, the first night of the draft. The draft doesn't really do anything for me. Um, it's just moving parts around and trying to get fresh matches when you don't really have many fresh matches because you kind of burn them throughout the year. Whether it's at SummerSlam where you had where you have a dream match, air quotes, uh, which is an overused term now, like Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it, this actually doesn't really mean much to me. But before we get into that, October 8th, next Friday, we get our Queen in the Ring tournament, which is called uh, Crown for the Queen. And we got our King in the Ring tournament, which I would have to assume, I just would have to assume, Xavier Woods is going to be in that thing. He, he, you got to get him at least to the semifinals, if not to the finals of this thing. He has been petitioning for this, and I don't see him winning it, but I can see them getting him all the way to the finals, having this huge baby face pop from because everyone knows how much this means to Xavier Woods, and then having him losing the end to whoever. Um, and I, I wouldn't. I know some people are thinking that Charlotte Floyd is going to be immediately vaulted into this tournament. She's the women's champion right now. I just don't see, I don't see her unless after the, we'll talk about this in a second, after the moves they made, unless they have her lose it this week, which as you guys know, this is being recorded while I'm recording this on Saturday. So I don't know what the moves are going to be made on, on Monday, but um, it's going to be, I just don't see her. If she's still the champion, I don't see her being in it, but I, these people are just crazy enough to have her be champion and run through it and win it. So who knows? Um, let's get to the first night of the draft. So we so let's go to the moves first. 
So Raw drafted Big E, Bianca Belair, RK Bro, Edge, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Keith Lee, The Mysterios, and Austin Theory. So the, the names that aren't surprised on there are obviously RK Bro, Rhea and Nikki, and and honestly Keith Lee, Theory, and Mysterios. Be- Bianca Belair, I was really surprised they took off SmackDown. So I'm curious if that means they're going to take the street profits I'll spend because they try to keep the, the wives with each other, or whatever, or there has been rumblings from the internet community, not from any sources that after that one-on-one match that Montez Ford had with Roman Reigns, he might be moved to there. Might be, they might be break, breaking up the street profits, which I think is a little too early, but I mean, it's, it's been, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I know some people are really upset that this other move that was made, um, uh, SmackDown drafts Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, which is what we're talking about, and we'll get to that more in a second, Drew McIntyre, which is the thing that's been rumored for months now, The New Day, Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, Hit Row. Hit Row is officially going to be taken off of NXT, which you have to imagine Escobar, which it already looked like Escobar was going to win that North American Championship from him, uh, from Isaiah Swerve Scott, but Hit Row is officially on the main roster. Naomi and Jeff Hardy are... On SmackDown as well. And Brock Lesnar announced that he is officially a free agent. Thanks to Paul Heyman. More mind games from Brock Lesnar to Roman Reigns. So, so much to digest here from the SmackDown side of things. One, people were outraged that they broke up the New Day again. I don't understand this move. It feels like they're trying to keep them separate from, from Big E as he's doing his push. Which might be fair. You know, um, I'm not angry either way. Um... I think Big E does need to try to move the needle bond, so I think he has uh, to an extent. Like I said, in, in less than in, in, a, in a year's time span, he's already become Mr. Money in the Bank, WWE Champion, and Intercontinental Champion. So a two-time Intercontinental Champion. Um, so I'm interested to see because with one tag team, you're getting a, now you're getting a strong faction in Hit Row. I just don't think Vince knows what to do with a rapping gimmick black gimmick on top of that and that sounds terrible some people will be really pissed off that i said that but i just don't this history's proven he doesn't and hit row is one of the most is one of the most popular things on nxt right now people really love hit row like it surprised me and i'm, I'm gonna use this analogy if you don't know music then, then you won't understand it if you look at wrestling shirts the shirts you still see people wear from the 90s to today NWO shirts, Steve Austin shirts. If you look at the 90s rap groups, the shirt that people always wear, especially white people, is Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang is just that type of cult fan base. It's strong. It's even stronger than the word cult. It's just such a strong fan base. That's, to me, what Hit Row is. Hit Row has this massive... I've had so many of my white fans, and I know it's because they'll email me or message me and tell me that they're white and say, Hey, I just love hit row. I'm not trying to be down or whatever. I just, I love the gimmick. I love how they're themselves. I love the music, blah, blah, blah. It's just an authentic, uh, authentic move. Um, and I think that's what people love about Wu-Tang. All of them are authentic. They're all different in their own ways, but then you come together. It's one. That's what hit row is. It's, it's really kind of frustrating, but you know what? It's, to be expected they want a new nxt 
uh, Hero has a lot more to do, but the fact that they were able to, to accomplish the North American Championship and have a great little feud with uh, Legato Fantasma is kind of awesome too. But that move I thought was interesting. The Jeff Hardy move I think was needed as well. He needs some fresh um, air. Happy Corbin also defeated Kevin Owens on this. Obviously under the mist and under the whole mystery of uh, whether he's leaving or not in January, which it looks like he, I, I think he's gone. I do. Johnny Gargano, I know me and, me and someone was talking about this other day. Um, and I was going to record it and put it on air, but um, that person didn't really feel comfortable with their voice or whatever. They're kind of sick. Um, I think Gargano's going to stay. Gargano's to me is one of those people that's like, I'm just going to stay where my wife wants to stay. Because he, he really enjoys working with his wife. And why not? That's freaking awesome. Working with your wife, making good money, doing what you love. Can't get any better than that. But I think Owens is gone. Um, Charlotte Flair was very interesting. Because now you have essentially Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks on the same brand for the moment. I'm doing air quotes again. Um, that's why one of them has to lose their championship or get switched over. Um, and I remember, if, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it last year when they did the draft where Street Profits and New Day were tag team champions on different brands? They got switched to the other brand and they just exchanged titles, essentially putting their, they just getting an extra title reign for that reason. I think that was last year. Was it two years ago? Either way, that was the most. I remember like when they did it, when they exchanged championships from blue to red or whatever. Because yeah, that's when Street Profits went to SmackDown, and so this was probably like two years ago. Anyways, I remember like reading online. I was like, let me see if this did, and they did. They actually gave them another title reign because technically it's different championships with different lineage. So I was like, yeah, I don't think they're gonna do that with these with these with these women. So someone's losing their belt. I don't see. Becky Lynch losing this belt, but Becky Lynch is facing Bianca Belair in Saudi Arabia. I just don't know. I I don't know how they're gonna do it. That's, that's gonna be an interesting move to see how one they make the fans mad because I always enjoy fans getting mad, but two what they do with that because I don't see them taking that belt Charlotte Flair or Becky right now, you know. Um, but anyways, those to me SmackDown had the most interesting moves. Belair was to me was a surprise of Friday night, taking her off SmackDown. But, you know, I guess that's what the kids say is what it is. Uh, Edge continues to be stalked by Seth Rollins as Rollins showed up at his home and in his drip suit and he was ridiculous. I did watch his Broken Skull sessions with Seth Rollins and, and Steve Austin. I, I enjoy, I, don't, I haven't watched all of them because there's some people who have seen so many interviews with them. They can't tell me anything new, and it's just not exciting to watch him. Like, to me, for as entertaining as Kevin Nash is, he says the same things in interviews. But once again, in fairness to him, people just love hearing those stories. I just, I've heard so many shoot interviews, and I've paid for so many shoot interviews for him. I'm just not interested. Um, but Seth Rollins, I think this is the first time he's had an interview like this that I've seen. But it's not a shoot interview, because WWE can chose the narrative, obviously. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, I thought it was entertaining. I learned a lot about Seth Rollins, and... I loved how he still gave credit to Jim Cornette, how he learned a lot from him. You know, he still does not like the comment he made about Becky Lynch, for those of you who don't know or have been asking me. Um, Becky Lynch, when she got pregnant, Jim Cornette made some comments last year about how could you be on top and be stupid enough to get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, it's revealed by Seth Rollins that it was planned because it was the pandemic. So, of course, no, he's not going to be happy with you. You're talking about his wife, dude, you know, once again, so... Um, I, I thought it was insightful. I enjoyed it. Um, 
turns out it was his idea to cash in money to make at wrestlemania and they actually he didn't know until like a couple hours which i that part i didn't know um but it was interesting um also roman reigns here he <laughs> you know what i think i'm gonna make a prediction here and for the record i made a prediction about AEW on wednesday i was talking to jonathan esther he can he can verify this i made a prediction i was like right, we'll talk we'll talk about it in a second i'm gonna make a prediction right now i just get the feeling that because Brock Lesnar's playing so many games with Paul Heyman, I just I don't think he's gonna split up from. It's, it's clear why Brock Lesnar's a free agent, so he can travel to both shows because USA is jealous that you no know, they have this one, Fox is jealous that this they have this one. So you make these names like this free agents because Roman Reigns is not gonna be a free agent. He has to be on the marquee every time. I mean, now well. If they were smart, they probably wouldn't make Roman Reigns a free agent. But then again, you don't want because he doesn't wrestle all the time. He just talks. Anyways, the point is, it to me, if there's going to be something that happens at Crown Jewel, Saudi Arabia, here's my prediction. If there's a move to be made, I don't think it's the move they're going to make, but if there's a move to be made, my prediction is that Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns have been in on this the entire time, and Paul will screw Brock Lesnar at Saudi Arabia. F, they're gonna make a move. I just, I, I. But here's my thing, though. The reason why I don't think they're gonna make a move, but that's my prediction that they do. But the reason why I don't think they're gonna make a move is because he can do both with 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 Heyman. Be now with uh, Brock being a free agent, Heyman can can do whatever he, he can. Travel to SmackDown and Raw. You know, um, I don't see these guys shaking hands, but I do see. Reigns is not losing that Universal Championship. He shouldn't be losing to Brock Lesnar of all people. Because Brock has had his run. You know, there's plenty of other matches. For for example, knock, 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 knock. I know they're probably not going to get Rock for WrestleMania. So I don't know who you put in the ring with Roman Reigns. Here's my thing, though. Have you ever thought about on the marquee at WrestleMania, Bobby freaking Lashley versus Brock Lesnar? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now you can do that with no excuses. Just saying. Um, but Paul Heyman cried on camera. It's kind of like that. It's an episode. That kind of uh, that scene where DJ Pooh got jacked by Debo on Friday and he went running. And uh, Smokey said, he's going to cry in the car. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of that, actually. It was pretty funny. Um Anyways, those are your WWE notes. Like I said, because of the way the show's structured, we're not going to know what happens on Raw. So we'll, we'll just follow that up next week. Um, let's get to some AEW. On Dynamite, Adam Cole defeats Jungle Boy. I did listen to the podcast with Jungle, excuse me, with Adam Cole and uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, Chris Jericho. Um, Adam Cole just seems like a nice guy. You know, he had nothing bad to say. And that's okay. No, not everybody has bad experiences. You know, even for all the success Moxley had, he just had a terrible experience, you know. Um, I do think if Cole, and I think this is the fear that all fans had, and he did confirm he had some concerns. Um, I do think he would experience those things because of, because of how he looked. Like how they want him to cut his hair and be a manager and just stupid things that why change it but anyways um so yeah 
it was an interesting listen. But it, was, it was a quick listen. So I, I do like how Jericho's shows have gone from like being two, three hours to just an hour. And it's like everything's like straight to the point. So that's pretty cool. But he did defeat Jungle Boy here. I don't think Jungle Boy loses anything, but I do think he needs to start winning some of these bigger matches. But I'm not going to be, I'm not saying, I'm not one of these people saying that he's going to, um, being held back from WWE guys doing air quotes once again. Um, I'm definitely not one of those people. Uh, I, I'm just saying, um, he needs to start winning some of these bigger matches against some of these bigger names. Um, it can only help him. Um, and also, let me do some research really fast. Because I meant to write this down. And I didn't. And that's completely on me. But um, I'm going to do this while I'm on air. And I'm just going to see. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, crap Ola. Because it was right here in, in the notes. Um, let's see really fast. Yeah, that's it right there. All right. Here's the other thing. It was announced today, or Wednesday, that there will be the return of the Casino Ladder Match with a wild card. And the wild card is clearly winning this match. The winner gets a World Heavyweight Championship match. And you look at the line. The lineup is stacked. The lineup is amazing. The wild card has to win because I just don't see any of these people winning. So it's six comp- it's opponents that are announced, but there'll be seven altogether. You have Pac, you have John Moxley, you have Andrade, you have Orange Cassidy, you have Matt Hardy and Archer. Matt Hardy's automatically out of it. He's in it because he's a ladder match veteran. Orange Cassidy's out of it. In my opinion, Andrade and Pac take each other out of it. Archer is just not, I just don't see him putting, giving a heel versus a heel, a world championship match. And Moxley seems like he'd be kind of climb the ladder and then get knocked off at the very end. I don't know who this wild card is. Everyone's thinking this might be how Hangman comes back. And, and if anyone's going to be, that's fine. F it, we're having fun here on this show. Hangman's my prediction. I could just see, can you imagine Hangman coming back to that, the roar of the crowd and him now getting that world championship match that he that was stolen from him, air quotes, even though we all know why he, he left. Um, that would be freaking amazing. So it just would be fun. Um, Cody and Lee Johnson win the match against uh, Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. Dante Martin is going to be a superstar. He is going to be an absolute superstar. This dude jumps into outer space like he's in a freaking Iron Man suit outfit. But that's not what anyone's talking about. Everyone's talking about the promo that Arn spit. And if I remember, I'm going to cut that out and put that at the beginning of the show. Holy crap on a cracker. I know some people was like, oh, man, that he, the AEW is trying too hard to be edgy. They're trying to... That is a promo that Aaron Anderson would cut 20, 30, 40 years ago. No, he's just a great promo. He was always great on the stick. That was a thing that was very unique. I want to say, what you when you had the original incarnation of the Horseman, which was Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, J.J. Uh, Dillon, and Ric Flair, all of them were great on the mic. Great on the mic. Because they always brought something different. Now, once you got out of that original current incarnation, Lex Luger wasn't that good on the mic. Barry Wyndham was all right. But for the most part, that original incarnation, they were all on the mic and they could all go. 
the fact that he used that as an analogy, and I get it, it was an extreme analogy, but it got the point across, and the memes and the gifts have been fantastic. You guys are all doing God's work. I need you to know that. And I have not stopped laughing and being entertained since. But to me, that's what people remember. And the fact that he dumped Cody. And then there's a, this, this news report. And I I don't know if I want to talk about it. But I find it, but I find it interesting because of how Cody is being booked. And everyone's right. If you listen to any podcast or any wrestling insider or whatever... Cody has nothing to fight for, but it also really looks like that he's out with the elite. He's not like, like I remember like a year or two ago, he asked him, I still in the elite. He's not been associated with the elite in a very long time. And he needs that because he has nothing to fight for because he can't fight for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Who gives a shit about the TNT title when Cody is technically a main eventer? He's put, he's, he's been forced to be in the mid card, but Cody is a main eventer. Whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. He is a main eventer. And so he just is there's nothing he's fighting for right now. Is he's fighting to be on a freaking reality show? No, no one cares. No one gives a shit. So that's why he's coming off as pretty boring the last few months. And it has. And I'm a huge Cody fan. I've made known the show that he's on my bucket list of people to meet. Um, but he, he he this I doubt this is a heel turn for him. But honestly, it, this is I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm very, very interested to see where they go with this. But obviously, there's been rumors for months now that behind the scenes, uh, Cody is not really with the Bucks or seeing eye to eye with the Bucks or Omega. And supposedly, Tony Khan is taking creative power away from all the EVPs and he's the only one in charge of it. Um, I don't know if any of that's true or not. I don't give a shit. But to me, it seems like that but he needs to be in the elite now or not he needs to be doing something um i just don't know what because they put themselves in this hole and in fairness to aew they've there will be a world champion that will give him a shot so we know where he's gonna challenge soon but he needs to do something with this character because who cares if the fans are booing the fans are gonna boo cody's a very cody is the most divisive person on that roster to me he's their john cena just not as big he's their john cena in the fact that he people either either people people who like him like him people who hate him hate him there is no middle ground that's what i mean by that um anyways so that was interesting and then the thing i predicted Early in the day on Wednesday, I was like, man, this feels like you're in Rochester. This match is decade to Brody Lee, or this night is. This is the night to take that TNT championship off of the Redeemer. I said this to Jonathan Esther earlier in the day. So you think so? Yeah. You don't, you don't have this show in on a sad note. You don't have the, you don't have this show in with Miro lying over the prone body of Sammy Guevara. Sure enough, Sammy wins his first championship in AEW. The TNT title I, I someone had made a comment. They felt that um, the Redeemer had the best TNT title run. I think I agree with that because I think and Brian Alvarez said this. Miro is like Brock Lesnar in the fact that he can throw these small guys around, but when it comes to selling for them, he gives them everything he has and more. He sold like a madman for Sammy Guevara, and Sammy's win felt right. And it supposedly the rumor is is that. 
he was supposed to win this last week, but they pushed it back a week. Either way, this was the right move. This put shine on Sammy. Um, too bad the inner circle, half of it, or most of it, Jericho and Hager were selling injuries from the week before. But this was a great moment, and it's actually just really cool because you could just see it coming. And, and to me, this could be a great feud for that TNT championship. Now, it's not going to – it's immediately Bobby Fish tweets and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to be the first to challenge Sammy Guevara – for next week, and he says the Forbidden Door, hashtag Forbidden Door, and Sammy has accepted. So next week, we're getting Bobby Fish versus Sammy Guevara for that TNT title. I'm actually looking forward to that match. Um, hopefully, Bobby can stay healthy. So, And on Rampage, we had Brian Danielson defeat Nick Jackson with cattle mutilation. So that was very, 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 very good stuff. Um, AEW continues to just be good, you know? I did not watch NXT. I, I heard a bunch of stuff about it. I heard it was... There's just more character de- development and everything. I'm not really going to invest my time in it right now until they find a certain way. Because if, we want, if I want to watch two, three-minute matches, I can go back to 2010 on Peacock and watch the Divas matches. Um, I want to see these guys wrestle. Um, for me, the character stuff comes later for me in the wrestling format only because... Um, I, we've had a ton of people have been good at promos, great at promos, and bad in the ring. I've spent most of my time, because I watch so much stuff now. For me, I watch so much stuff, more so than usual, for the show. Um, That, for me personally, I, I tend to watch more of the wrestling part of it, not necessarily all the promo stuff. Even though, even though, oh my god, how can I forget this? Go back to AEW for a second. We're going to end the show on this, money show on this. MJF went is going nuclear on people. He's going to get his butt handed to him. Holy crap on a cracker. After that promo, Darby Allen's just gonna j- jump off the top of the Empire State Building and land on MJF for the hell of it. <sighs> Jesus. Anyways, um that is your show for this week. I just to finish my thought about NXT. Yeah, I'm not I haven't given up on it. I just um I'm waiting to invest in it, and so which is okay. You know, we have plenty to talk about outside of that. So, um, anyways, that's your Monday show for this week. Check me out on Wednesday when we talk about Venom.